Our Old Testament reading comes from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 through 23. 21 through 31, in fact. Come back here. Listen for the word of God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is God who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when God blows upon them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. God, who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because God is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the God who is love, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Holy One of Israel is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God does not grow faint or grow weary. God's understanding is unsearchable. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the God who is shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for these words of encouragement this morning. Help us to hear your word and carry it throughout our week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It was early 2008. I was driving a 15-year-old 1993 Honda Accord. It was a maroon car with a black hood because it had been in an accident and I didn't bother matching the hood color and it was just that old. Um, I don't remember exactly what had happened, but the brakes had begun to fail. They were making a horrible screeching noise. And back then the amount that you would pay to replace the car versus the amount of for the brakes, was, um, it was making a good case for replacing the car. About that time, I saw an ad on Craigslist for a five-year-old Hyundai Accent, 10 years newer car. And, and I looked on the ad, and it, it, was, it was an amazing car. It had a CD player, which is what I wanted back then, um, now you now you want Bluetooth, uh, but it had a CD player, and it had power door locks, power windows, power power all the things. It was it was gonna be it was a great car. So I I called them. We talked about price. I get to North Hills Auto Mall, which is an hour from where I lived at the time. It was a great car. I got there, and uh, well. You couldn't see the scratches that it had and the dents and the dings, 
Uh, you couldn't see those in the pictures they posted on Craigslist. And um, I checked out the CD player, and the CD player turned out to be a cassette tape player, a fairly poorly installed one at that. And uh, the power in the power door locks and the power windows and power everything had mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> um, I took it to the on-ramp. It was a good time. They, they let me test drive it. And I, I, I was able to get it up to 70 miles an hour on the on-ramp going downhill. It was, it was, I was, I was pretty disappointed. And and I was fairly mad at the, uh, the salesman for, for lying to me about what was going on in this car. And he said to me, the title of our sermon, well, it is what it is. And I thought, no, that, that is not acceptable. <laughs> it is what it is, is not okay. And I hopped back in my 15-year-old Honda Accord and drove the hour home feeling very safe and confident that my car was not going to blow off the road. <laughs> It is what it is. That's what people tell you when they point out that the situation is really screwed up. When you say that um, a disease is awful or that a problem is bad or there's violence in the world that shouldn't be there, they say, well, it is what it is. Just accept it. It's not what you want, but there's nothing that you can do about it. It is what it is. And I'm not saying that to judge anybody who has been in a situation where they've, where they've just said, well, it is what it is. But uh, you know what book I've never read that says it is what it is? What book never says it is what it is? It's the Bible. There's certain places that are, well, this is the story of a thing that happened. Jeremiah tries without much success to get the leadership of Israel to accept and understand that their enemies are going to conquer them, that they should not flee to Egypt, but nobody listens. The Bible is a book that is crammed to the gills with impossibility, alive with a God who refuses to accept, well, it is what it is, as the last word, who's constantly about the business of changing the impossible to the inevitable. The first five books of the Bible have laws about how to love one another in community, among other things, because injustice cannot be allowed to be, it is what it is. The prophets reinterpret those laws for a people who've missed the point. God keeps sending people. A lot of people think that the Bible's a book filled with ridiculous tales, and of course it is. Dreams tell the future, city walls collapse because of a shout. One man defeats an army, a shepherd boy defeats a giant. An empire is defeated and the new top dog sends the exiles home. A prophet promises a day when the lion will lie down with the lamb, and that's even before we get to Jesus. Isaiah, I think it was, said, The redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. Jesus comes and he heals people left and right, including Simon's mother in this morning's story read by Robert. He's casting out demons, raising the dead, and he tells his followers they can order a mountain to go swimming in the, in the sea and it will listen. And after the state executes the death penalty on him, he comes back to life. Whatever the opposite of it is what it is, is, is where we find God. 
God is, I will be who I will be. Uh, some people say they don't want change. Uh, well, then probably shouldn't open a Bible because God is not content to leave the world in whatever screwed up way we and our fellow human beings manage to bring it to. Humans will say it is what it is, but God insists that it could be different. Not just could be, but will be. It could be different. Over the past, I think it's been almost a year since I discovered uh, Becky Chambers. She is a author who's written a couple, about seven novels or so. Uh, she writes in a style called hope punk. Hope punk is the word. Um, I've read everything that she's written and I've really enjoyed it. But what, I think one of my favorite things besides the the beautiful character development work she does is, um, is the way that she imagines a future. Um, in her book, um, Record of a Spaceborn Few, she imagines uh, we've destroyed the earth and absolutely ruined it and a bunch of people hop in ships and try and leave earth and they, they realize that what, what happened here cannot be allowed to ever repeat itself. And they build an entire culture around the reality of what had happened. And there was this line that just stuck out to me that said, everybody had a home and no one went hungry. In another book, A Prayer for the Crown Shy, uh, there's an, a beautiful quote where she says, uh, nobody should be barred from necessities or comforts just because they don't have the right number next to their name. Referring to, uh, they're talking about the financial system in her fantasy world that she's created. Um, it's, it's a totally different, it's a reimagining. It's stories about a world or worlds or realities that are different than the one that we live in. She imagines the, the world different. And I, I really love those books. But not only could the world be different, God promises that the world will be different. Not just some pie in the sky when you die kind of world being different. That's not what we see when we open the Bible. We don't see pie in the sky. We see real world changes that, that God promises, that we're invited to participate in now. It's Black History Month. Welcome to February. Um, they picked the shortest month of the year and the probably one of the longest feeling months to choose for Black History Month. We all know about Martin Luther King Jr. who, who insisted that the world could be different, that God promised that it will be different, and it changed. Um, a few folks that I've read in the past few years, uh, there was an article in the Atlantic called The Case for Reparations by Ta-Nehisi Coates, and he imagines the world different. He, ima he looks at the world as it was and is not content to say, well, it is what it is. He imagines the world being different. Uh, Marlene, I think, was at Presbytery with me, right? When we heard the gentleman talking about 
um, talking about reparations. Um, he recommended a book called From Here to Equality, um, which I read, which genuinely imagined that the history and consequences of racism that happened over all the, probably the entire history of this country, that we can do something about it as a country, that there is something that can be done and should be done and can be done. I said it can be done. And it's not just racism. There's agitators everywhere imagining that we don't have to accept it is what it is. People talking about how loneliness and isolation that we live in were built, were designed, and we can undo that. We could build cities differently. There, it's, it's wonderful to see all of the imagination that people have of how the world could be different. Scripture does not accept the world as it is what it is. The Bible encourages us not to simply accept that a thing is impossible, but rather invites us into a world where that impossibility is not only Im not impossible, but is inevitable. Like in Isaiah 40, which I just read. Not only possible, but Mark described it as past tense. Already happened. Not for the purposes of manipulation, not as a, a mere metaphor, but a world where Sickness is not unhealable, where injustice is not inevitable, where racial divides are not irresistible, where the hungry are fed and the outcasts are brought into community because Scripture invites us to imagine these, this world because we can't live in a different world until we believe that a different world is possible. Let's pray. Gracious God, help us not to accept it is what it is as the last word. Help us to hear your word speaking over and against it is what it is with a word of hope and transformation and healing. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.